A hard core of them were incapable of remaining at their seats for more than twenty minutes at a time. They were the ones who would approach each other's desks with a vacant, amused, goofy expression, which betrayed that they had not yet decided what nugget of humour to unleash. They would ad-lib some jewel designed to conjure up the spirit of their frat or the locker room or of the other night in the sports bar when they had way too much to drink and had an awesome time. In contrast, Jack believed in working when he was at work and talking in the office only if he had something to say about work. He was old-fashioned and a bit freakish in that respect. Athletic, Nice-looking, impossibly polite, and with that thick shock of neatly cut, jet-black hair. Jack was liked by women in the firm. His male colleagues, who did not deny his superior professionalism, had a line on him they considered hilarious. We thought Jack was gay, but it turns out he's British. Sandwich eaten, he went to the restrooms and washed his face. His reflection bore a warning of rare ill health, a slight reddening in his eyes and at the pinch of his nose. He patted his face dry and threw the paper towel into an overspilling bin. Halfway out of the restroom, he hesitated and then doubled back and pressed the paper towels down with his foot so that they did not spill over and cause the cleaners unnecessary work. As he straightened up, he felt dizzy and knew... He had a cold coming on. Damn, he said to his mirror self, wanting to be in perfect shape for his baby brother's arrival, even though Finn had snubbed his offer to stay in favour of some apartment downtown. He returned to his desk with a roll of toilet paper under his arm and found Kit waiting for him. There were some great jokes flying around at Scotty's bachelor party last night. It was a blast. You can imagine, it was a riot. Kit said, with an approach to anecdotal storytelling that left Jack to fill in the gaps when it came to characterization, setting, and, well, anecdote. Jack's inbuilt bullshit detector told him that a sizable minority of the guys working around him, earning six figures and chasing the Christmas bounties, lied through their teeth when talking about the quality of the parties they attended and the quantity of their sexual activity. They exaggerated upwards, to be clear. And Kit was the embodiment of the AIG buck, who had more chance of conquering Everest without oxygen than playing out the sort of sexual conquest and extreme sport weekends he and his like would boast about in vague, suggestive terms. And vague was vital, unless you had an excellent head for keeping consistent your fictional details, lies, if you will. Jack struggled to relax with these men, who seemed so terrified of women so clueless about them that they had adopted the most bereft of vocabularies to deal with their terror. Kit, as was his habit, picked up a couple of items on Jack's desk and put them down moments later, not quite where he'd found them. Apart from struggling to spell the word derivatives, Kit's role in the office seemed to be to ruffle Jack's equilibrium. You don't get many fat gay guys, do you? Kit ventured. Go away. Or maybe there's millions of fat gays, but it's just too much to admit to two humiliations. They are clearly, undeniably fat, so they keep the gay thing under wraps. Because being gay is a humiliation? Well, I think so. If we're being honest, 
deep down. Don't you, Jack? You're an idiot. Are you saying you're gay, Jack? How old are you? I'll have to take that as a yes. You're a disgrace. To your company and this city, Jack muttered, in a mild, uncensorious tone, designed to end the conversation. Kit laughed under his breath, but it was less a manifestation of amusement and more a sign of his curiosity over the workings of a mind like Jack's. You actually believe that it's possible in this day and age to be a disgrace to something? Don't you, Jack? Yes. Jack believed that implicitly. He thought men like Kit were a letdown to the company that paid them, particularly if that company was of the stature and credibility of AIG and situated in a city as extraordinary as this. Jack felt privileged and overwhelmed.